Yoku's Island Express is a lovely little game that awakened something in me that I had forgotten about from my youth. I despise pinball. I understand it's strange for someone to have such a strong stance on such a small thing, but when it's baked into the game, its traversal convenience will only get you so far. A Metroidvania game plus pinball gameplay equals Yoku's Island Distress. A pinball and Metroidvania mix-up that works for the most part, but it does tread a thin line between frustration and fun. It's most likely worth your time with the short amount of hours to get to the end, and maybe you'll find more enjoyment finding the hidden goodies scattered around this beautiful, colorful island. For me, not so much. It's a game I somewhat enjoyed, but I can't give my full recommendation. But man, is it charming. It makes me want to yell, play this game. But no, it's a thin line. We should probably talk about it. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? I'm not on an express train to an island, but I'm here to stay. I'm Michael. I have missed your clever little intros, brother. I am Larry, and apparently we neither, neither of us like this game. I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought, but we have I a lot. I didn't like it. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Starting off this season strong, baby. One and one. Now, the beautiful part about this podcast is we're going to tell you what stopped Larry from playing, because I'm guessing he didn't finish it, and why I did keep going, but I still wouldn't recommend it. Because there is some stuff to love about this game, I think, personally. Yes, but I believe, so let's just get the playtime in. How long did you play and did you beat it? I spent four hours and 45 minutes and 43 seconds with Yoko's Island Express on the Nintendo Switch, and I saw the credits. I don't know what this says about me. I spent two hours and 34 minutes, and I don't feel like I made it too far. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not see the ending credits. Well, there you have it. So now we're going to talk to you about why that is. And Larry, I want to know. I just... Why do, you, why do you hate the balls? <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I didn't, I had forgotten how tedious pinball can be oh, yeah. with hitting it at the correct spot. And there was a moment right before you get to the, it's called the Church of the Space Monks, which, by the way, brilliant name. The like little toad there is like Pazuz or Pazaz, whatever his name was. <laughs> he talks about how like half his congregation left to go to study science. I got it. <laughs> Big crack out of that one. <laughs> but right before you get to that point, you have to traverse like six or seven of the bumpers. And I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm convinced you're picking these games out. There has to be a moment in games that makes me have to set the controller down, or in this case, the entire console down the <laughs> switch. I could not get all the way up. I tried like 15 times to set the controller down. Like, I'm not letting this game bug me. It's not going to. And so I went back to it like a day later. I eventually got past it. But then the thing is ridiculous is because it's a Metroidvania. Of course, I had to go do it again at some point and I could not master it. And it just started wearing on me and clawing at me that I was like, I was getting so frustrated with traversing around the map. Now, a caveat to that is, so I've seen what pinball is in the bumping everything. You can unlock with the fruit that you collect, kind of that bypasses a lot of these tedium areas. Yes. But obviously that was not enough to alleviate your pain. (laughs) No, and it was funny because I actually thought, I was like, okay, this is a clever mechanic to maybe get me to run around the map quicker. 
It's just, it didn't, it wasn't enough. How long into it did you think where the traversal became a problem? I really got nervous when I unlocked the ability to dive with the fish. And I was like, oh. You got decently far then, I feel like. Yeah, so I got to that point and I was like, oh no. Because fish, like underwater games, like you have to do, be doing something really, really, really right in order for me to enjoy underwater sections and games. I thought this one controlled nice. It wasn't bad, but... That's a praise in layers. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is like, I, I got to that point. Actually, I, I can tell you the exact moment I decided to stop the game. I got to, his name was the Wondrous Willow, and he needed help with like this giant thing of fruit that was stuck. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I got to that point, and I literally out loud, when he asked for help, I was like, no, I don't want to help you. And that was, that was it. <laughs> I was like, I'm done with this game. <laughs> I was just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't continue anymore. You're not a friend of the forest, Luke. And the thing is, is, like, to your point, it is a beautiful game, and it just sucks that traversing it is so difficult and tedious for me, because <laughs> I wanted to see more of it. Yeah, I would say it took me a while to... I would say it took me a while for it to start to break me down, kind of what happened to you. In the first area when I was going through it, I was like, well, this is fun. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go try all the secrets, and then, you know, getting back to where I know I need to go to progress, I was like... It's a little hard to get back and forth, but man, I think the worst mechanic in the game is sucking up those slugs yeah. and trying to break. Dude, it took me forever one to figure out just how to get them into me and you. <laughs> but every single time I went to a secret area and I saw, it, I was like, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I love the kazoo. The, <laughs> that, no, the, the first item you get, I was like, this is amazing you know what's hilarious about that item too like that is the sound effect i will forever remember in this game the number of times like when i'm trying to click to talk to somebody that i would accidentally oh, hit yeah. that so if, <laughs> if you watch gameplay of me it's literally me going with the kazoo trying to click on somebody and i would always giggle to myself yeah dude the the onset of this game is amazing i think it starts off really strong art style the music everything and getting that kazoo is pretty early on in the game i was like i'm feeling it i like it and i feel like a lot of games do this, especially indie games. So I don't know if there's a correlation between that or not. But it seems the further along you go and the more difficult it becomes, the frustration level peaks versus the fun factor. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And I feel like I played this. I mean, I was clearly over halfway through the game, though. Technically, I only had one of the three. Uh, what are they called? the chiefs or whatever you have to unlock yeah i only got one of three and <laughs> which may be telling where how i played the game i feel like it's a little obtuse though how do you get to places so you kind of i feel like you wander a lot in this game which oh, is 100 generally a good thing in metroidvania it's not always in this case well and i'll say so is this game designed for kids i feel like i read too much into a scene it felt weird you know like spina with that when there's the the, the steam core that's building up and then it's about to blow. Some of the dialogue seems a little iffy. <laughs> like they were playing a little oh, bit too yeah, much yeah. with it. I could see that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was kind of, I was watching that and I was kind of like, what is this? So that is, that's a good segue actually. That is sort of a boss battle. Not really. Mm. What do you feel about boss battles in this particular Metroidvania? I, I mean, again, it's because of what is required gameplay wise from you it's creative it's clever but i just didn't enjoy it because i didn't like the pinball mechanics to it but i will get i will give them this the 
I could see someone, if you're into this style, the what's required of you and the repetition and the rhythm-based way of kind of flowing around, I could see it being really, really clever and creative, but yeah, not, not for me. Yeah, I found it to be a nice change-up. It definitely felt like something different and definitely the boss battle, especially the one where the guy, like the ninja guys are coming down. Yes, <laughs> that, that yes. was That was super cool and it was a fun fight, but yeah. Even with that, the repetition of the boss battle kind of took me off. But again, every boss battle is technically repetition when you think about it. Yeah. You just have to going through the motions. But I thought it was clever and I enjoyed it. There's a different facet seeing other pinball-like people on your map. Yeah. Well, then I would actually zoom it out, though. So based on boss battles, if you just go to all characters, did you, like what did you think about the characters in this world in general? <laughs> Their sound effects are amazing. <laughs> this is Banjo-Kazooie speak, but better. They, I feel like they nailed down some of these noises. Uh, well, I would say this: like I, I had a standout for me, uh, the Slug Gardener. That character is—it's a minimal uh, role overall. Just the jolliest of fellows. <laughs> like I, every time he's just kind of bouncing up and down, just doing it. Like there is a there is a happiness and just like a joy to a lot of the characters within this world, and it fits the art style really, really well. Absolutely. I I feel like just when you look at the cover and you see the dung beetle smiling back at you. That's the vibe this game is going for. Tropical, colorful. Gets a little dark here and there as the story progresses and it rides the frustration wave. But it, I would say, I'm trying to think if I have a favorite. It's probably the frog people, yeah. I just like the They're, they're entertaining. <laughs> you know, something, by the way, so you, at least when you tend to play games, you always you add like different soundtracks and stuff from the game you played to some sort of playlist do you did you do that with this game i have not but two times when i was going in and out of this game because i played in a couple different sessions i stayed on that title screen for See, so long and that's what i was gonna say is like i feel like the title screen music to me lied to me <laughs> i really really thought i was gonna really enjoy the game because there was a vibe that the title screen music oh gives oh my gosh it's so good and and maybe I'm just because I was struggling so much with the gameplay, I wasn't listening enough to like the world music, but I don't really remember anything else outside of the title screen music. Yeah, I, I would say the title screen is definitely a standout and going through the first area is very happy-go-lucky and I feel like it veers away from that as you go along, which I'll, again, a lot of games do, Okay. but it, it loses that cheerful vibe, definitely. All right, well, so... I think something that I want to see, make sure we do more here and tackle more on games is so you spoke highly of the game or the look of the game. Yeah, it's a beautiful look. We're both kind of iffy on the gameplay and the sound design is okay. So is it safe to say that out of those three, your favorite would be the look of the game? No, that title screen is so good. That's number one. <laughs> <So>? okay. <laughs> yeah. That's enough then, huh? Now the mechanics of this game, I think are pretty deep overall. And like you were saying with the rhythm bass, that kind of works. What's interesting about that is it's almost like a roguelike for you and that. Maybe not. That's no, probably not. that's too far <laughs> of a stretch. Yep. Ignore that. But it, it's, it does. The randomness of pinball is what can be frustrating. Mm. But also it can be exciting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it. I wouldn't say it's the randomness. I just I think it's the button prompts and the requirements to having the right pattern down. And it feels like it's really inconsistent, like the input. And it feels like there are plenty of times where I know I'm hitting it correctly to get my character to bounce up. And I just, the fifth one, I'm off by a little bit. So now I drop all the way back down. That's pinball right there. Uh, 
Yeah. And I feel like trying to figure out, like, there are certain ones I'm thinking where it has, like, five different avenues to go up. And you collect these little gems or glowy things, and they unlock certain parts. And it's, like, in between two other ones. And I'm like, all right, I've hit it up into there. I know exactly where to press the ball on the lever to shoot it up there. And I'd be sitting there, like, going through round five of hitting it. It's not going in the lane I want. I'm like, why can't I get it to do it? But I know it's that's a personal problem. <laughs> so I brought up the, the diving mechanic, though. And is there anything else you unlock after that I didn't get to that is a really, really fun mechanic that you enjoyed? Or, like, what, outside of the fact that you're just better at pushing yourself through, like, what did you enjoy about this game after maybe outside of the fishing not fishing. It's a fish, but the swimming. <laughs> I was like, fishing? What game are you playing that I'm not? Uh, I wanted to see where it was going. I was curious about the story, the little bit that we get. Um, I wanted to know what the fierce beast, sacred beast? Now, sacred beast is the thing you're trying to say, right? Yes. I wanted to see what attacked it, basically. That was, was, it, my thing. was the story payoff worth it? I think so. Oh, okay. I mean, not, I mean, not really, but it has an interesting twist that I thought was... I didn't see coming, so that's always fun. That's a that's a pretty decent tease, though, for like a four and a half to five hour experience. Yeah, and I wanted to also see the other locations. I wanted to see if I got further up. It's going to change landscape, and it does. It gets snowy. That's mm. always fun. I like snowy areas. Now, there's actually some pretty cool characters in this like cabin area that I enjoyed in that section. But again, I looked at how long it would take me to beat this game. I'm like, you know what? I'm almost there. I'm just going to push through <laughs> for all of you on this podcast. <laughs> Oh, interesting. So and my own just weird brain that I need to check you this off the, the list. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to, but this season especially, I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. We're recording this in bunches, so I don't know if I'm going to make it, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, did you have anything more gameplay-wise you wanted to bring up? I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff, and we'll, it'll probably naturally come. But this is a good spot for... Yoku Island Express released on May 29th, 2018. <laughs> It was developed by Villa Gorilla, which is an awesome name for a company, and published by Team 17. This is Villa Gorilla's debut game. Good job. I would say, even though we wouldn't recommend it per se, somebody out there is going to love this game. Have they created a game since? I don't know. I haven't checked. I I should check that. Uh, They want to make a game in one year. That was their whole goal with this game. They started this project in 2013 guess they didn't make it though (laughs) games are hard to make (laughs) a one year wow that's that's a heck of a development cycle what uh what i thought was pretty cool and this is gonna tie into this discussion is they made their own engine for this game again that would further the problem of trying to get it done in a year (laughs) (laughs) and uh quote it's an awful idea anderson said and that was their lead programmer which is pretty wild that he went on to say that you should use third-party engines, but he liked creating, and there was something they couldn't do in Unreal or whatever they were using, and it felt more unique building their own engine. Hmm. That sounds like somebody that really loves the creation process, and so I'm sure that also stunted their time on trying to build an entire engine and a game at the same time. Well, and on top of that, too, one of the problems with creating your own engine is when you bring in outside talent... They are, it's not like they're versed in your engine. They're, you know, maybe they're used to Unreal, so they can pick it up right away. Well, if you have your own in-house engine, they got Ooh, a lot more studying yeah. to do. But I think that's pretty cool, and I'm going to commend them for doing that because 
That is a task. So good work, Billy Gorilla. I hope you knock the next game out of the park, too. I'm sure people love it. Actually, this game gets pretty talked about. Highly reviewed. Highly... Oh. Well, yeah, speaking of that, uh, and this, I don't know if I'm just overly surprised by this or not, but on Steam, when I last checked, there were 2,266 reviews for this game with a 96% approval rating. Justified? I mean, everybody can like what they want to like, so we're not, we're, we're part pretty, of the 4%. That, that is, you know, so I guess that actually leads me to the other question. So we both played this on handheld, correct? Or did you have it docked? I had it docked. Okay, I played my I played this exclusively handheld on my end. So maybe that has something to do with some of my complaints, but doesn't sound like it based on the face you're making. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but so I'm wondering because I don't think Steam Deck was a big thing, obviously, for a while. So most of these people who are reviewing this game on Steam are clearly playing mouse and keyboard, most likely. I wonder if that changes things up. Like it's, I was kind of shocked to see how many people like this game and how high of a rating it has. I feel like the space bar feels like a nice pinball presser. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe that's it. Wait, wait, how would that work though? Yeah, no, you can't because you can't uh, the space bar unless maybe you hold shift in the space bar and there's left and right sides. Yeah, I don't know. I, I bet you it's like control. Feels like a nice pinball. Maybe the mouse. Oh, oh yeah, oh, left, that works. Right, left right. Man, but yeah, I was kind of shocked by that one. I. I, w I will definitely say, and maybe the review process is just approve approval. Like, hey, even if it's a 7 out of 10, you approve out of the game or something. 7 out of 10 is a good game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't talk about numbers too much, but... That one just stood out, so I wanted to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, I would say... Now, here's the thing. That's going to go on a tangent. I feel like indie games get inflated reviews because they are the antithesis to the AAA games, and so people want to like indies because they are better. Or indie equals better because they are not like this. Yeah, I definitely feel there's a little bit of clout behind. People will tend to be like, hey, you know what? Oh, you like Zelda. You like Call of Duty. You're not a real gamer because here's the diehard games. This is what they play. And then they list off a whole bunch of indies. And I'm not trying to like no, we speak love bad indies. We love indies. I love here. like I think some of my favorite games I've ever played are indies. But yeah, that's... That it, there is a weird review bias towards specific games sometimes. But then like there's that. also review bias on AAA side, so I don't know if there's any evidence into that. I haven't looked into it. But again, if I played the title screen in the first half hour to hour, I would hit like. <laughs> I love that we both just tried to give an opinion and said, well, but we actually haven't done a lot of research on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like going into that exact thread and whatever yeah. and trying to dive in, you know, Steam's always so weird with that. I mean, any thing that aggregates review scores is weird there's always probably a bias or an influx of people that are gonna you should like this game okay cool but again if i was just going off the beginning of the game excellent i loved it you know it was really weird too like when you recommended this game to me i didn't know like i, I had no idea i think you might have at one point said it was a pinball game or something but i didn't know what to expect <laughs> it is a weird mashup yeah generally works i guess but it gets tiresome, and that's the problem. And if uh, I'm starting to feel tiresome in a short experience, that's where my problem lies. Mm. Like in Limbo before, the puzzles were so tedious to me in such a short game, they made it feel longer than yes. it was. I don't like that. Well, in a weird way, in a game that's all about like the pinball mechanic and flowing around, it does kind of just stop 
Yeah, the, the momentum is it kind of has the sonic problem every mm. once in a while. When you lose steam, it's kind of hard to gain back that momentum. Doesn't mean it's a, a bad thing. Back. Oh, yeah, that, that was season one. <laughs> game 12, I believe. No, game 11? Game 11. 13 cents was a game 12. Totally different. Play that game over this game. That's mine. My, my two cents on there. So knowing you don't like pinball, I'm gonna know. I'm probably gonna know the answer to this question. But if you had to strip either the pinball mechanics gameplay or the Metroidvania style gameplay, which would you choose, and which one would make a better game? Yeah, I mean, I'm I've probably if you haven't been able to predict it by now, I would I would strip out the pinball mechanic. But I think there's a deeper question here that I didn't realize. What exactly is the qualification to make a game Metroidvania? Because if you exacerbate it all the way out, isn't like even a game like you know, it's Elden funny, Ring? Because exacerbate is like highly magnified, so it's like the reverse of what you just said. I know, I I do that all the time. Yeah. But <laughs> I do that all the time. It's true. Uh, we, you're wearing off on me. <laughs> but like Elden Ring could be technically a Metroidvania. Yeah. So at the simplest form, generally it's 2D. I'm not going to say that because there's definitely 3D Metroidvanias now. Is you traverse a map and unlock it as you go, like Fog of War style. And you have to find blocked paths left and right, and then you gain an ability to make you surpass those levels. Surpass okay. those blocks. Gotcha. Okay. That's, I think that's really it. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So then in that case, like, I'd have to look, because I was looking at a list of a lot of different Metroidvania-style games, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. Like, there's a lot of them I was like, I'm not really a big fan of. But then a couple popped on the list, and I was like, that's what? And I was like, okay, well, I like this game. Elden Ring was one that they threw in the list. They're like, technically, this works. Sure. And I was kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. Just well, like every game is a JRPG. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Boil it so, down to it. You level up, okay. But yeah, so, it, but here's the thing. Uh, and we did this with Zelda the Minish Cap, where there are times where there are certain unlocks that are just right in your face. And you're like, you just need to go talk to someone. They give you an item and then you can use it. There's a really, really tight rope you got to walk for me where it gets just tedious and annoying. And. I had that in this game at one point. All right. To get up to the mountain area, you need this bridge fixed, which mm. I'm like, I'm going to pinball. Just fly me over there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to get that, I needed something else. I was like, oh, I have to go all the way at a different part of the map and then come back. Yeah, I guess he is. At least you can unlock the beehives and like shoot yep. yourself around. Yep. I think that was pretty cool. I did but, not know how to shoot it at first. It took no, me yeah, a very yeah, long took, time. Yes. Uh, I felt really dumb. I will say, okay, good. Well, I'm not the only one. <laughs> but so, yeah, my answer to that question was, yeah, I would strip out the pinball and just go further with the Metroidvania. What about you? I would strip out the Metroidvania. So you'd make it 100% pinball. And swap it with a roguelike mechanic instead. Ah. Uh, so with the storytelling, you're well, going... Okay, okay, hold on. If you were going to go that far then, then I'll just say I'll strip out the pinball. I'll have to keep the Metroidvania and add a roguelike mechanic to it or like a card game-based mechanic to it. <laughs> well, you got to give me more. So I'm going in depth, I'm telling you. So the story, you're going from one part of the island to the next. So the backgrounds would change. You'd have some chatter on the map screen, kind of visual novel style with these cool characters. But then it would just be a straight pinball version. So you wouldn't have to traverse to the next area. Okay. It would just set you in and you'd like walk with your little bug. 
So I'd still hate it, but I just well, it, it would be uh, maybe more not. It wouldn't have the randomness. It would no. It'd still have the randomness, but the frustration of traversing to the next area would be eliminated. Okay, all right. So maybe I mean, you don't like pinball, so that'd be well. That, but that's what I was getting at. So, but maybe you're eliminating the in between what I'm actually supposed to be doing by. And then I think it could be cool because the randomness, the roguelike, could be like, all right, if you hit this certain thing, you get an upgrade. You can have one bigger ball or two smaller balls, stuff yeah. like that. You throw in the elements of. Diverging paths for whatever you're doing for that area. I, I like that. I, I think I think that would work. I I do like that idea, and I think you could have a lot more fun with like just the backdrop too. Then yeah. you could get really crazy with it. There you go. Make everything a robot, and light. you wouldn't have to worry about the transit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm in favor of that. <laughs> now you kind of alluded to this because you said don't like this game, don't like this game. Does this make you want to play Metroidvania games more or less? Because this is definitely a different one. Yeah, I, I don't really think it at all changed my viewpoint like i don't feel like i gained or lost anything in my knowledge of what i i was confused okay, cool. about yeah the metroidvania style and so i guess i guess the only thing i will say is the name itself i've always kind of had in my head like metroid and so 2d and i've just expected that and yeah technically with that definition it goes a lot further than that so I'm still kind of confused at what where the cutoff is. I would like someone to clarify that up for me at some point. But yeah, no. It's interesting. When Metroidvanias hit, they hit really hard for me. Like they're really good. And I think to myself, I want to play more. Cause the indie landscape, there's so many. Cause it's probably the easiest thing to get into, I would say. I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but it just seems like it with the amount that we have. <sighs> If you love this genre, obviously there's going to be plenty more, but I, I, yeah, I don't feel the drive to keep playing them over and over again like I do with JRPGs, but then I think about it, I go through them. They're, the nice part is they're usually bite-sized and they're not too long, and mm. I like that. Which is weird because you would think a game, and that shows you how the games are designed where it feels like you design the world and then, okay, how can I make them go back and forth within this world, but also keep it interesting? That's a tricky thing. Because I get irritated if I see the same, which is so weird because I like Western RPGs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, I'm that delicate a... balance, yeah. And I think about one of the coolest things that Metroidvanias do is when you get to the point where, like in Metroid, you get the double jump. Oh, I can go much further. Like having the traversal be like a big thing where I can run through this map quicker is really exciting. I think a game called Time Spinner, which I liked a decently amount. It wasn't like the, one of the best Metroidvanias I ever played, but the last upgrade you are flying through maps and it feels so awesome and, and that's a clever way of like getting people to backtrack for collections okay uh and then before we do move on i did want to say i think i left out uh your kind of adding another genre onto pinball i actually decided to if i were to remove that at the pinball side with the metroidvania i actually came up with the idea of adding skateboarding to the game world so that would be the traversal mechanic what? but it would be in the fallout universe <laughs> and, what? and i just thought it would be so funny <laughs> to just literally be like a little bug on a skateboard like floating around all over the place flying around you can get boosts and unlocks and jumps but then you have the backdrop of like this just a happy-go-lucky bug and like this depressive like a post-apocalyptic world that is a mental image that probably not going to go for away for a while <laughs> get yep. away for a while <laughs> which is which sells That's you can't true, get it out right? of your head yeah, there you go i think about that one of those indie directs we saw a skateboarding game and you're you're a bird on a skateboard heard it didn't do too hot on the review side but 
I remember that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, kind of, you know what's kind of weird about that? I think I actually have the image of what the box art actually looks like for that game, but I've never played it nor even heard about it. I don't even remember. It might the just name. be like, it's I mean, like you've skateboard. heard about it, obviously. Yeah. I think it literally is called Skate Pigeon. I want to say skateboard. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. Foul skater. Oh, gosh. Puns for days. I mean, that's not really a pun. So to almost wrap this up, let's talk about some quick bits. My overall completion was 46%, which I feel like is pretty good at that f almost five-hour mark. Especially for a Metroidvania with collecting and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the collecting, after a while, I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm well, good. just think about that. You beat the game, and you're not even halfway done with it. Yeah. Good for those people that want it. I'm missing two items, maybe one, but that's like an ending hijinks type of thing, and we're not going to talk about that right now. I found 33 of the little dudes, which made three eggs start to glow around the big egg. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I assume that's birthing a new god or something like that, which is cool, and I'm sure that would be awesome. I have not looked that up, though. A small twist in the ending, like I said earlier, was a nice thing. And boss fights were a welcome change, but also tedious. And that's the name of Yoko's Island Express in a nutshell. And with all of that out of the way, Mike, it's time for a fun thought experiment question for you. Michael, you're a JRPG lover, correct? That is correct. Follow me on Quest Along. I mean, follow me on Quest <laughs> Follow up bits of time. Check for out quest my Quest along. along. There you go. Xenoblade, Fire Emblem... We're recording this in the past. Maybe I even have a third one by now. I probably don't. Maybe okay. Let me get back to my question, brother. If you were forced to forever transform one of your JRPG franchises into a game like Yoku, which one would you choose? Who would be the ball? Who would be pushing said ball around? And what would be the setting of the game within the JRPG? Now, remember, when you say this, this franchise will forever be a metroidvania pinball game you'll never get another jrpg in this universe again so you kind of have to love slash hate it i suppose yeah so that that's the part of this question that always irks me because i hate those pick that this four pick one out of four and then it'll never exist anymore no stupid but i'll still play along with you thank you there are a decent amount of dragon quest games at this point so oh <laughs> i think it's safe to say we could Start turning the slime mascot into a pinball slime mascot. That, I mean, that almost fits perfectly. Yeah, he's blue. He's smiley. He's awesome. He fits right in. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, we could make another Dragon Quest-like game. We, You know, there's enough. It's, it is basic at its core, which is why it does well. So we could, we could evolve that or just sidestep just a little bit. We'll be all right. So slime mascot is the pinball. And pushing around slime mascots. There's a lot of protagonists from Dragon Quest, so <laughs> I'm going to pick the main protagonist from Dragon Quest Eight because he's got a cool orange banana bandana. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay, there you go. Like pop in a colorful the world. The orange with the blue. Yeah, I could see that. Okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, the setting for the world. Uh, the world had once been one continent. Kind of like, think of a Pangea. And it got split into seven different islands by a cataclysmic dark force. Sounds very Dragon Questy. I mean, it's just like real world, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're going around delivering the messages to gain, uh, let's say, traction and political pull from all the like the kings of these 
seven islands, countries to unify them before the Dark Lord comes back again. Okay. Because we somehow, you know, sealed them away. That sounds it's good. usually how it works. Yeah, it sounds like a very JRPG <laughs> thing. And I think uh, all the barriers of the island terrain, you could have the slime help you with, and you would learn stuff along the way about slimes and the ecosystem of animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And change the life of the monsters that you're trying to avoid along lo- the way. And I, I like this. And again, the key point for this is now the phrase that Michael wants to destroy the dragon. <laughs> no. <laughs> destroy the dragon rock the dragon <laughs> dragon Ball Z. no no you are going to forever destroy the dragon quest video game universe and put it into a pinball machine i want that to be the advertisement for this episode no thank you <laughs> well, we're, well at least we'll get dragon quest 12 before this happens so, you know. there you go so you got up until dragon quest 12 and then they will forever become pinball games and then we'll make dragon adventure and it'll just be dragon quest again so I suppose that's a clever caveat. That is a loophole that I will keep on going. All right. Good question, brother. So with all that being said, neither of us would recommend Yoku, though Michael does have a brighter spot in his heart for it than myself. Yoku is a unique game, and we could all use more of that.